0: Yossi Baumel is with us live via telephone. Yossi, ironically, was one of the last guests we had in our studio uh, back in March of 2020. And uh, hopefully the next time he joins us, it will be back here in our studio in New York City. Meanwhile, he's with us live via telephone on a Tuesday morning broadcast. Yossi Baumel is Director of Development at Yeshiva Makar Chaim and the Makar Chaim Institutions in uh, Israel. He's visiting the United States on this Tuesday, and he's with us at J.M. and the A.M. Yes, balmo, boker tov to you, sir.
1: Boker, oh, it's so it's, it's so good to be back on your program. But I really miss your little studio in the Lower East Side and getting to dive in the shul there and everything. It's really. Uh... Looking forward, next time we'll come to
0: visit. Well, remember, Yossi, with the way Manhattan is, you can't call this a little studio from Manhattan. This is this is something that would probably get thousands and thousands of dollars a month. So it's <laughs> right. It's actually <laughs> from Manhattan. We're at we're at a premium in terms of the space that we have. But I do appreciate that we do a nice, quaint Nahum Single Network headquarters here, uh, which we will bezrat uh, re- Hashem reopen for everybody very very shortly. Um, you know, I saw your uh, one of your old friends. Speaking of this neighborhood, I saw one of your old friends, uh, Yussi Rosenbaum, this past Shabbat. Oh, wow! At the Rubenstein At the Rubenstein bar Mitzvah. And of course, everyone's topic right now from the old days is the uh, beloved Mayor Weingarten. You know what he meant to us, but people may not realize that you and he go way, way back.
1: Yes, we were briefly in yeshiva together, in Yeshiva Eim HaKalacha. Right. Uh, and uh, I, um, I, he came to, after we went on Aliyah in 1977, he came and stayed Shabbat with us. We lived in Yushalayim. And then we would share him with somebody else uh, every once in a while in Ephrat, because my next-door neighbor uh, went was his madrich in Ezra uh, when he was living here in Israel, and a close, close friend, Menachem Honeg. Oh,
0: it. that's so funny. Wow. Yes, yeah, ne-
1: so he, we were next door neighbors, and and, and Mayor would come to him for Shabbos, to me Shabbos, and we would sort of share him uh, occasionally. Uh, it's very sad. It's been a very sad year. It started off with me being one of the ten people, twenty people, who buried Noach Dear in Israel, uh, and to come after a year and a half to arrive in the United States to go to Mayor's Lavaya was really, really uh,
0: shocked. And, and I'm glad you mentioned Noach because uh, he and Mayor were very, very close. And um, and the 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 losses that we've had over these last 16 months, uh, community wide, obviously very significant because the numbers have been insane, as we know. Uh, but as you just pointed out, some of the real darling people of our community, Mayor Noach and many others, left us in the last 16 months. And as we as we look forward to reopening life, so to speak, and truly getting back to normal, uh, we have a lot to remember and a lot of people to remember. Uh, from this entire ordeal, obviously, Mayor was not related to the whole COVID episode, but you get what I'm saying. Um, By the way,
1: I just wanted to tell you with Leor having Leor Gottlieb on yeah, every day now. Sure. Uh, so about two three years ago, he was on uh, he was in sabbatical in Cleveland, and I, me, and Rav Dov Zinger were guests at his table. And then a few weeks later, I was on the plane with his wife when our plane was diverted to Athens, and that famous El Al flight that ah. went, didn't make it to Israel for Shabbat. Right. And I volunteered to be Sarah Gottlieb's uncle's uh, roommate uh, in the hotel in uh, Athens. So it's, <laughs> it's such a small world.
0: I had no idea that he was connected to Mayor. Now, now, just, and it's one of the things we keep saying about Mayor, and you can appreciate this. Uh, imagine, you know, people think of Mayer, you know, in the world of travel as a radio personality doing what he did here, etc. For seventeen and a half years, twice a week, he learned with Lior Gottlieb. Uh, Yussi, you you can attest to the quality and level of a Torah scholar if they're spending that much time with someone like Doctor Lior Gottlieb on a regular basis.
1: Yeah, it's it's really it's really unbelievable.
0: And he well, never. And, and, and I'll tell you one other thing: we should we should remember. Uh, those of us who appreciate Torah scholarship and really any academia and scholarship, Mayer never stopped learning. You know, people think that you know he just knew it on his fingertips or knew it because he you know he paid attention in high school. You know, like everyone, everyone, you know, many people thought that. What they didn't realize was that he was honing his skills and discovering new stuff every single day. And of course, we had the privilege of him sharing it with us. So. There's something to be said about that. As you know, continue, continuing education is a great concept, but uh, uh, it's something that's recommended not only when it comes to a secular academia. It's something continuing education is, is 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 important in the Torah world as well um, for people. Yes, to, may,
1: maybe some of our politicians should be studying a
0: little more Torah
1: these days. Maybe it will help out a bit.
0: <laughs> you know, you gone. you've always had an interesting perspective when it comes to Israeli politics. I've always felt that yours was a, a little bit different than. Than uh, than the neighbors of yours from the same background, a little bit different. You, I, I think you know some of the things we've discussed over the years that you know we, where you've you've uh, expressed a somewhat uh, different point of view. I wonder what you're thinking of this new government that looks like it's about to be uh, official.
1: Yeah. Well, uh, look, I didn't vote for any of the parties forming this government. Uh, I'm not happy about this. I'm not happy about Israel losing uh, the skills of a statesman like uh, Benjamin Netanyahu. The thing that gets me angriest, really, uh, is the fact that this is literally a putsch. In other words, that the state attorney general's office, with trumped-up charges, which seem to be getting more ridiculous by the day as, as the court case proceeds in the courts, even today, some ridiculous things. They're, they're, they oust, they're ousting a prime minister, sitting prime minister in Israel, and you know that may sound familiar to some people in the United States. Uh, I don't know. I don't. I learned a long time ago, not a long time, ago, but the last year, I learned that I don't know what's what's fake news and what's not fake news. I don't know what to believe anymore in this world. But uh, one thing I do know is that it, it's, it's very sad that to force out a prime minister like Netanyahu uh, with these means. That being said, I. I'm, I'm not in favor of this government, but, you know, let's give them a chance. I, you know, right. uh, if there's anybody uh, in Israeli politics who can be a prime minister, maybe not as good as Netanyahu, but can, has has the skills and, uh, and the, uh, the ability to be a prime minister, I think it's not Tali Bennett. He's not perfect. He's got a lot of things. I, there's some things I don't agree with. There's some qualities, uh, character qualities I may not like. But the fact is that he is a very capable young man and they tried to do something, I I wouldn't uh, you know, yell and holler as much as some of the people I voted for are yelling and howling about it. And that would give them, you know, would cut them some slack and see what happens. You know, um I was discussing this in Shu yesterday morning with uh somebody, uh and uh he said, Well if this government gets up it there's gonna be a culture war. So I said it's it's very funny, you know, some people when it comes to protecting the Jews from their enemies who want to kill them, uh, from Arab enemies, they say that the best way to go is to say Tehillim and to sit and learn Torah and not to, not to be a hero and fight wars. When it comes to protecting the Jews against Jewish politicians, all of a sudden one is allowed to go out to war and to fight. You know, let's just all take a step breath and sit back. I am not worried about the land of Israel. God's looking out for us all the time, and God works in mysterious ways. I'll give you an example that I think I've already spoken about on your program. Israel has peace agreements with Arab countries today, not because of President Trump, but because of President Obama, because they feared his policies. Favoring Iran, they came running to us, and we and we have now allies in the in, in our area. So God works in, in Kabbalah. There's Netzach, which is straight lines. Hod is on the rebound. God knows how to take care of the land of Israel. And uh, I think people have to just take a, a deep breath and you know fight for their ideas, but not fight their fellow
0: Jews. As you, as usual, the voice of reason. What scares me, frankly, is some of the rhetoric because we don't need some of the. I don't want to use the word hatred. I think it's overused sometimes. But some of the real, the deep, uh, a negative vitriol that's being expressed now against Bennett specifically, but others, you know, in his party, you know, it's one of the things we don't need. And those people are not following your advice to take a deep breath and and you know and and leaving things in the hands of God and you know doing what we need to do uh, at the same time. And that scares me a bit.
1: Yeah, I'm worried about it. There is pretty bad rhetoric on on, on both sides here, and uh, and it's first of all. It's it's wrong from a Jewish point of view, moral point of view. There's a limit to what one could say about about their uh, political opponents. But in addition, it's not helpful. Maybe down the road there will be once again cooperation between different parties, and you don't want to burn the, your bridges before you cross them.
0: Yeah, understood. Jesse Baumel is with us, director of development, of course, from Akar Chaim in Israel. I mean. It's funny, some and, and you may have met, because you've been on, you've been on the air with us uh, at, at one point, if not more, during the last 15 months. Uh, there are people that have indicated that when it comes to expansion, when it comes to construction, uh, especially in Israel, COVID actually was a help because, uh, it, because of a variety of reasons, certain projects were able to be sped up. Uh, what's happening at Makar Chaim? Uh, and, w- and were these 15 months, uh, outside of all the restrictions, et cetera, at all beneficial to them?
1: well uh um, as far as our area goes, the road uhal which was briefly minister of transport and he got he he jump started uh widening the road into a highway from Jerusalem to Chevron, and that's moving ahead tremendously fast and it's just you, know, you can't recognize the area from one day to the next there's a lot of traffic jams but there's a lot of development going on as far okay. as Muarrkheim goes. the story is not as great um uh, we uh, were here in the United States uh, up until uh, March 2nd. Uh, you may remember that yeah. I was here with Rav Dov Zinger. We sure. were. Uh,
0: Both in our studio. Uh,
1: yeah, and, uh, and we, uh, we were going back to, to, to Israel for one of those Israeli elections. I forget already which was held <laughs> on March 2nd. Right. And uh, Rav Dov Zinger tells me, you know, I don't feel so good. And my wife told me maybe I should stay in the States a couple more days. Because uh, if I come back to Israel, I'll, be, I'll be hit the ground running and I'll have to work so hard. Or maybe I should just take a break and stay in the States a couple more days. I told, I told them, Rav Zinger, listen to me. All the years that I'm coming to America to help out institutions in Israel, every time I come, I'm afraid that for some reason or other, volcanic ash in Iceland or nine eleven, or whatever it may be, I'm afraid that I won't be able to get back. We have tickets for tomorrow. There's this new disease going around. I don't know what's going on. We're going home. And we went home, and he was one of the first uh, COVID-19 uh, um, um, uh, patients in Israel. It was very widely publicized. He was in the hospital. and he,
0: One of the last he, places you visited was New Rochelle.
1: That's correct. We both hugged him, Fink there. Uh, and I spent the rest of the time with uh, Rob Dove in the car together with him. I didn't get it. Nothing happened to me, and he he got covid uh, thank God he's fine, and he he did teach quite a bit from the hospital room. There are a lot of videos out there about it. Uh, but we came back from as he likes to say, we came back from the our trip to the United States with lots of promises uh, that never came to fruition because we had a wonderful, wonderful trip. So many people were interested in our work. Rov Dove's been doing a lot of teacher training, and now during COVID, one a, a, a positive aspect is that we've been doing intensive teacher training uh, in Fuchs, Mizrahi, in Cleveland, uh, we di- we're doing stuff uh, in-, in Australia. We're doing stuff in-, in Manchester. We've been we've been really reaching out a lot, quite a bit during these last fifteen months, and hopefully next year we'll be having a full bl- a full uh, program like we have in Israel, which is called Lifnay lefnim It's the ult- it's an alternate DA uh, or MA in education uh, where people are taught emotional intelligence and all kinds of. Um, of uh, Hasidic uh, ideas that help in education.
0: There's no one we'll to blame be- for all this. I mean, the whole world was on pause for 15 months, so you know. Yeah, gotta- yeah, uh,
1: yeah. No, as far as the construction goes, it, we, basically we were uh, we we finished we finished one dormitory building. We our high school building is almost complete already. Uh, and then sort of we were afraid to start, sign new contracts because we, all the money that we thought we would be getting from our previous trip to the States, we just wasn't coming And Everybody said, I'm coming next week for my grandson's wrist or I'm coming for my wedding, and I'll, I'll come visit, and I'll come help. And all those people never made it to this day. They didn't yep. make it back to Israel. Uh, and so we, we really were in a bind. We didn't know what to do. Uh, we had to go ahead because we have to move out. And uh, we held just recently a uh, charity fundraiser in Israel. We raised five million shekels, which was enough. It's not enough to, f- to complete the job, but it's enough to convince us to sign on the contracts for the other two buildings we need to build uh, before we move next summer. Yeah. So those two new buildings, another dormitory and the Beit Rush building, are now under construction already, and we'll be moving Mir uh... a year from now. And that's uh, besides all our educational activities. This Friday, for example, we have uh, every single Rosh Chodesh. We go to a different community uh, uh, in Israel, and we bring them music and Torah and and, and, and just support. And we'll be going to Lud uh, this Friday morning. Uh, uh, we'll be having our Rosh Chodesh davening, a musical Rosh Chodesh davening, uh, in Lud uh, this Friday to strengthen the Jewish community there.
0: Was that, so dorm- that was that dormitory built with a lot of American support?
1: Yeah, absolutely. There were the, uh, the dormitory was um, more than two-thirds bought, built with American support. A lot of the infrastructure we did, uh, thank God, we, we we did raise quite a bit of money. We're still about five million shekels short of being able to complete everything, but we we're convinced that we'll be able to raise it one way, and another. we hope, uh, in the next year or so till we have to uh, actually move and finish paying off.
0: And so Yossi yes, Bamel, I want to mention that there are other names besides the ones you mentioned. That are synonymous with Makor Chaim. One is Ruf Steinzaltz of blessed memory, sino- cool. synonymous with Makor Chaim.
1: Yeah, that's true. And uh, we, uh, as part of the campaign, we we basically got all, all a lot of his uh, uh, students to join together to build the Beit Midrash in memory of him. Which is uh,
0: amazing. That's yeah, a, yeah, amazing. Yeah, yeah. And also, we should mention that the three boys, as they've been known now in modern Jewish history, they also uh, have roots in Makor Chaim.
1: Right. Right. Actually, um, one of our graduates uh, who uh, works in the education ministry just published on Facebook. I shared it on Facebook. There, I didn't translate it to English yet, but the original story of how a local Gushetzion think tank were the ones who got together and told the army we had to look for the bodies, and that's where they found them. And it's a really, really. Uh, and it was just by accident they, they located the area in general, and they almost missed the exact spot. And it's it's an unbelievable story. I
0: hope to, to publish it. Yeah, try translate that as soon as he can, <laughs> I, and, I, and, I let, really and let and let us know about that. It's something I'd like yeah. to share with the audience. So, Makar Chaim, in addition to all its educational initiatives and what it's doing for so many youth in Israel, uh, you know, has a tremendous history already. Uh, in terms of uh, its impact on both Israel and the rest of the world, especially with what you described, uh, the programs that are now going to get restarted uh, here with the United States uh, as well. Plus, the exchange program did continue or had to be stalled? No, because- we
1: did not have it last year, but that- we're looking forward this year to welcoming 15 to 20 MTA boys once again uh, at McCorkheim. And that's
0: and- a full and- complement, right? It's usually around that number, right?
1: Yeah, 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 that's the that's usual number. I mean, I don't, we don't know exactly how many are coming in right. the end, but that's what we're
0: aiming for. Uh. Well, uh, like I said, there are a lot of signs uh, so far during this uh, Tuesday morning jam in the AM that life is getting uh, back to the way we remember it, and I think this conversation indicates that. Um, with Makar Chaim and with uh, what your intentions are regarding uh, uh, the work uh, that will be done um, academically uh, here in the United States and uh, teacher training, etc., Uh, Plus, hopefully, people starting to go back to Israel, visiting you, and uh, pledging support uh, to the projects and programs that you are uh, undertaking. Hopefully, all of this will start to accelerate. That's one thing I'm hoping for after this 15-month pause, that things not only restart, but people will be anxious to get things going, and, and it'll just accelerate all the things that people want to accomplish.
1: Do you have any plans on coming to Israel soon?
0: I mean, we, we had to unfortunately postpone the June trip because of all the okay. regulations, but right now I'm looking to fly on Tisha above, which I think would be the third time I've actually flown on Tisha above to Israel. Um, w- will it happen? I don't know. Do you know? Do you know if this new government is going to tell everybody the skies are open for the month of July? What indications do you have?
1: Uh, it seems to me that things will be opening up
0: in a couple of weeks. Well, I if that's think. the case, then I hope, if, if it's open July 1st, then I think I will try to take a quick trip the first week in July. If it's a little later than that, then our intention is to fly and broadcast from Israel during the week of Tisha B'av, meaning you know during the uh, a week before Nachamu. So Bezrat Hashem. I mean, you know what they say, Yossi. If if you're not actually moving to Israel or 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 regularly going to Israel, at least have a plan. Because if you have a plan, there's a good chance it'll actually happen. <laughs> if there's no plan, you ain't you ain't ever gonna go. I always like to say. In the old days, I like to say that uh, I used to plan one trip to Israel a month. This way, I knew I'd go at least once a year. <laughs> you know, so that's the plan right now. We haven't been there since January of 2020. It is um, there are so many consequences. You know, you're living in Israel, so I, I I I know this better than you do. There are so many consequences for our diaspora community that we have been shut out like this physically. So many people wonder about the value of trips, the value of of both adults and kids going to Israel, either on a semi-regular basis or even for one trip of a lifetime. Such life-changing experiences, even for people like me who, thank God, have had the pleasure and privilege of doing so on a regular basis. It is such a terrible feeling, this horrible disconnect, and that's why I'm hoping that what you just said is true, that when the month of July rolls around, Israel says, okay, everybody, it's time to start connecting again, uh, both, uh, both emotionally and physically. Let's see what happens. We're really,
1: we're really looking forward to that, and, and I'd be happy to show people around. Uh, we're building our campus on a very, very historic place, Derech Avot, the All original right. road from Hebron to Yushalayim. And my number is 917-929-8525. I can be reached both in Israel and in the United States on so that number, 917-929-8525. Uh, and I'd love to be able to hook up again with my friends from the United States who are coming to visit in Israel. Really looking
0: forward. And, to and that. I truly believe, even though often you know they're being asked to support, or I should say, especially because they're being asked to support, I truly believe everybody wants to hook up again with you and wants to you know support great causes and uh, and and discover all the things you said about how much progress is being made in Israel. So, yeah, let's hope. Miracle. Let's hope. Let's hope. Okay. Let's hope for an effective. Looking forward
1: to seeing you in Israel l- um, in
0: Let's hope for an effective government of the state of Israel that cares about the future of the Jewish people. And let- That's the main thing. And let us That's hope for continued success for all the wonderful projects, including yours. But Yassi Baumel, director of development at Makar Kaim, if you've never been there, folks, I'm telling you right now, reserve half a day on your next trip to Israel. It will be uh, an unforgettable experience. Yassi Bezrat Hashem, will reunite in Israel. Okay, nice talking to you. Man. Have a great day. You as well. Yossi Balmo, everybody. I knew he'd be level-headed about this uh, this coalition government. I knew it. I knew he wouldn't yell and scream about it the way I wanted him to. <laughs> I'm just kidding, of course. I think I'm beyond. Five years ago, I'd be yelling and screaming. Now I think uh, I have a totally new perspective. It's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's unbelievable what getting uh, a little older does to you. Pretty unbelievable. Anyway, my thanks to Baum will here at JM and the